2: Hi everybody and welcome to Serious Issues. Remember us? It's a comic book podcast uh, where every now and then two good (laughs) friends hang out and talk about good comics. Those two friends are me, Andrew Levins, and her, Siobhan Coombs.
1: Hello. How are we all?
2: We we haven't recorded together since February, so um, today we're going to find out every, every comic you've read in the last four months.
1: Oh man, that would be so dull, and it would be a lot of me just going, you know what's still really good is Usagi Yojimbo. It's still really good.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone would love to hear about how good Usagi Yojimbo is. It is really good at the moment.
1: It's a lot of uh, great. There's like three different Usagi Yojimbo series being published at the moment, I think. And they're all excellent.
2: Yeah, I need to get back on board. Um, and... Um, so I've got a bunch of uh, Junji Ito books to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have um, some, uh, some, a follow-up to uh, last episode I reviewed, the, uh, Volume 1 of Mermaid Saga by Rimiko Takahashi. I've got Volume 2 to talk about this Yes, time. please. And uh, mostly I'm just going to tell you how, how dumb you are for not reading it. <laughs>
1: That's totally um, fair.
2: And uh, I have Pulp, the, um, a book that Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips published last year. I'm aware that they've published two graphic novels together since. But uh, I've only just read Pulp Ah. and I liked it a lot. So that's what I'm talking about today. Siobhan, what are you going to talk about?
1: I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of local comics that I've um, really enjoyed recently. One called 2020, one called Still Alive, both dealing in some pretty heavy subject matter. Then I'm going to talk about um, Guillaume March's new image book, Carmen, which I'm weirdly obsessed with. Um, and then a couple of uh, new Tezuka books, which have been published recently. Tezuka.
2: Very cool. Yeah. Before we get into that, tell me, what, what big dumb superhero comics are you reading? That he, what are you still keeping up with? Any of them?
1: Um, I'm reading... What am I... Like, so I'm trying to sort of keep up with X-Men just to keep my relationship alive. Um, but the only one that <laughs> I'm... <laughs> the only one that I'm sort of...
2: It took me a minute there. I was like, your relationship with... With Professor X? with Oh, with Jonathan Hickman? No, oh, no, no. With, with Nate. With the lovely, with lovely l- Nate. L-
1: lovely Nate. Um, but the one that...
2: Is that all he wants to talk about?
1: It's the only comic he wants to talk about. And it's the only comic he reads. Every <laughs> now and again, I'll trick him into reading something else. And he's like, you know what? That was really good. Like, I know. Um, but The Way of X, which started recently, which is written by Cy Spurrier. And I forget who's on art, but I, I apologise. Um, that's pretty cool. Because it's like Nightcrawler... Trying to come up with almost like a religion for mutants. Less of like a, but oh, with fine. less of a god figure and more of just like a, a morality, like rules for life and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. He's the,
2: the Ten Commandments.
1: Pretty much, because as it is, mutants have like totally devalued death and are just like, woohoo, who cares? Let's just like die and kill each other all the time. It's really crazy and fun. And Nightcrawl is like, this seems sinful. Um, but I think it like brings up some interesting ideas and it's pretty good fun. What else am I reading? I mean, there's, like, so many Batman books at the moment. And every now and again, I dip into them, and they're all largely fine, pretty much. Batman Black and White oh. is excellent. And, like, Superman... To,
2: is that, Was that a miniseries, or is it ongoing Black and White?
1: I don't actually know. It's up to issue five. The last issue had, which, like, is totally worth getting just for this. It has a um, Choose Your Own Adventure by Kieran, and, oh. Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Damn, it's so good. It's a Riddler one. It's really funny. It's really silly. Ten out of ten for that one.
2: Um, so, choose your own adventure comics are, are, are a passion of mine. So I'll have to pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One up. Um, There's
2: a really good Red and Stimpy comic one. There's a really good Squirrel Girl comic yeah. one. There was an okay Dead Deadpool one um, that like made you like create a dice, a die to, to play along with. It was too involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: But have you ever read Brian North's? Hamlet Choose Your Own Adventure? I really want to read that one day. No, I should. He's so good. Um, but yeah, so Batman Black and White's really good, and so is like Superman, Blue and Red, and I'm sure I'll enjoy Wonder Woman White and Gold when that comes out too.
2: Um well, what so they're all they're all getting anthologies. Yeah, aren't they? pretty
1: much. All just little mini cool. anthology things, which I think works really great for those characters. So they're pretty good fun. But um,
2: What about uh, is uh, is Beast Boy getting a green khaki? <laughs>
1: That'd
2: um, be good. That'd, that'd be a fun for, yeah. You like, could do something. something you could do something animals. fun with
1: that. Absolutely.
2: Make it happen, DC. They'd have you to think creatively,
1: to though.
2: <laughs> um, so let's get into uh, the bigger reviews, the comics that we've been enjoying lately. Um, I've spent the majority of the last few months reading all of um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh man! Um, and so I'm, I'm up to volume six of that now, which is called Stone Ocean. Um, and that is one where it's set in a prison, um, and the lead ca- um, character is uh, for the first time um, a girl. Mm. And um, uh, the creator, Hirohiko Araki, uh, is not fantastic at writing women, um, and he maintains that in Stone Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny and stupid, and, and you know, just that classic bizarre JoJo stuff. Um, but I had to have a break. So it was good spending the last week reading non-JoJo things <laughs> where people don't suddenly reveal they have crazy superpowers and, and spend four chapters fighting. Mm. Um, I've, I've enjoyed... I've, it's definitely something that I'm happy I'm reading. I think I just... I, just, I binge too much of it too quickly. <laughs> and I just uh, needed a break.
1: Yeah. Can you, can you, like, broadly explain the basic concept of JoJo's? Because I have... I tried to... When it first started being reprinted in English a couple um, of years ago, I was like... I have heard about this. I am going to read this. And I was like, I don't understand what this is at all.
2: Did you start at the beginning or did you just jump in at I don't like know.
1: <laughs> because I, I think thought you would it was really the beginning. Like the,
2: you would really like the first series. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if if anyone is um, curious but doesn't want to spend the money on the manga... Actually, it's, it's on the Shonen Jump app, which is the cheapest way to read the first uh, three and almost... Yeah, first three parts of JoJo's are on there. Um, but... Um, you can watch it all. Like, watch the first two series on uh, Netflix now. It's on Netflix in Australia. Mm. If anyone is interested in dipping a toe into the world of JoJo, but yeah, every volume of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure focuses on a different character whose name is JoJo. Jo. So there's like JoJo jo Star, and uh, like it's basically like different iterations of of, of words with Jo in them, <laughs> um, and and they, they, they get nicknames JoJo. Right. And it starts off with like a, a pretty like. They're fighting this evil evil presence, um, and uh, they they fight with this thing called Hamon, which is like them summoning their magic power, you know, to mm-hmm. to, to make themselves stronger and be able to do cool moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the, the, the the monster they fight in volume one, he ends up like basically like cursing the 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 Joestar family line, and so it skips forward a generation. We meet a new Jojo in volume two. They're fighting the same same dude. Um, and then it's gives another generation for for um, volume three. They're still fighting the same guy or a different different iteration of him, and like his many legions. And it's like a it, that's like volume three is like the when it gets really really fun. Um, it's like a road trip mm. from um, from Tokyo to to Egypt, um, and in that series they reveal this thing called stands where like you have like this. Uh, being that you can summon to fight for you, and everyone's stand has a different crazy power, um, and the the JoJo introduced in in Volume Three has like one of the most powerful stands in the universe, um, and so now it's just yeah, like it's like it's basically people being like, "We're gonna reveal your stand," and then like it's like, "Oh, but I already have. I froze time five minutes ago and stole your wallet." Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, there are big, ridiculous fight scenes, but the, the stuff in between the fights is always so fun where it's like gorgeous, uh, effeminate men in like really, really intricate fashion trying to out, outsmart each other before fighting. And oh, it's great. And like, you know, thinking 10 moves ahead, 40 chess shit, you know. Yes, it's yes, yes. Fun.
1: That sounds good.
2: Yeah, it is. It's definitely worth uh, getting through. But there's a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to read all of it. Um, maybe don't binge the entire thing. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's it'll turn you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I um I, I was looking for some like shorter books this week um to to read for my my distraction from JoJo Week and I turned to an old friend or a friend, someone who I only got into last year, but boy oh boy did I get into him. Yeah, and that is uh, the um, horror manga artist um and and writer uh, Junji Ito. Um, we've talked about almost all of his books. Um, Siobhan was the uh, the trendsetter doing it way before I did. I'm just um, very many cool. years ago <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but what are we, we've, we've spoken about, um, like his adaptation of Frankenstein, we've talked about a few of his like short story books, some of the longer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an incredible writer, an amazing artist, and just a great storyteller and a freaky and we weirdo. Know, most of his- clearly yes very writes very unsettling stories with like super creepy art mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also really funny sometimes too so in the last couple of months two of his books have been um, translated for the first time uh, into into English and Viz uh, published both of them Viz do such a good job with the Junji Ito collection um, just like beautiful hard covers with heaps of backup material mm-hmm. And it just really feels like a great collection. Yeah. And the translations are really well done too. Um, So earlier this year, maybe even the end of last year, we got um, Remina, Mm -hmm. um, which is a sci-fi story. Um, I actually talked about this um, on uh, another podcast a couple of weeks ago called Comics Deserve Better, um, which you should check out. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, Brian and Carrie had me on their podcast. Mm -hmm. And Siobhan, you were on a couple of weeks before me, I
1: think. Yep. Talking a bit about Tezuka again and then a lot of short box comics as well.
2: Unreal. Awesome. But yeah, I talked about Remina, which is uh, Junji Ito's uh, very amazingly silly uh, (laughs) sci-fi story in which a new planet, uh, a scientist discovers a new planet and names it after his daughter, whose name is Remina. And um, the entire world is obsessed with his daughter because she was amazing enough to name a planet after. But then they realize that this planet that's been discovered, the planet Remina, is rapidly heading towards Earth and swallowing every planet and star it passes on its way, and so as Earth reali- like you know tries to escape its doom, they start getting desperate, and they link, the, the, they basically link it all to the family of the scientist and his daughter, and so they they decide that if they kill Remina, then the planet will will be destroyed and they'll be saved, and so it is this mix of like end of the world, apocalypse, extreme hysteria, fiction. yeah. But then with like this, like, you know, uh, escape from like, like this, you know, murderous rampage, um, like Remen are basically just trying to escape everyone in the world, trying to murder her. Mm. I loved it so much. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, the, the Junji Ito draws a very, very terrifying planet with eyes and a big gross tongue yep. eating other planets. It's so fun. It has a really good ending. Yep. Um, And also, like, a really
1: great sort of uh, fun kind of meditation on, like, celebrity, almost, (laughs) because she's turned into this, like, untouchable idol and then is being sort of targeted by the people who loved her the most. Um, You know, it's, like, sort of a good good take on that kind of the the danger of celebrity
2: theme. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fully expressed, but you it's know really, what I it's mean. It's really great,
2: really fun. Yeah, I um, highly recommend this one. I, I would even say it's a great starting point for Junji Ito. Whereas um, the other book, um, which came out, I only got it just last week, um, is a collection of short stories called Love Sickness. But half the book is a collection of short stories that tells the one story, um, which is this. Like, it's so. It's like a lot of his books are like expanding on like Japanese ghost stories and mm. Japanese folklore tales, that kind of thing. Um, which is why Remina feels so different from a lot of his other work because it is just a hard sci-fi, his take on hard sci-fi. Um, but yeah, Love Sickness is about a small town in Japan where um, young people wait on the corners um, in alleyways and the first person that passes them, they ask them to tell their fortune. And it's like a long, long-standing tradition for young people in this town to do it. And we, our, the protagonist of this story returns to this town. He hasn't been there since he was a child. And he hates the fortune telling, and we learn that when he was a child, he he like someone a, 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 a love torn woman who 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 is pregnant with um, a, a married man's child um, turns to this to, to our main character when he was like four um, for for a fortune, and and she he was like who cares you know no. No, you won't be with him. Who cares? Like, And writes her off, and then she ends up sl- slashing her throat the next day. And he sees it, or well,
1: he sees her yes. in a massive pool of sees blood. Sees her,
2: her, corpse. Yeah. And um, so he hates the fortune-telling but doesn't want to tell um, everyone why because he realises that, that that woman is actually the auntie of a girl he has a crush on at school. Classic um, teen problems. This escalates to... Insane lengths, um, because they end up seeing. There's like this monstrous presence of this like tall and slim, beautiful, kind of creepy white white eyed um, man with pierced ears. Oh, so there was they, they call him like the the the, the boy in black. Mm. And um, when he when he if he ever shows up to give you his give you a fortune, he always tells you like something that will like he basically tells you tells you to kill yourself basically. Mm. And um, it becomes this like crazy ghost story where like hundreds of 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 teenagers are ghosts and
0: yeah and
2: there's like the, the rules to so this fortune telling and our main character having to kind of accept what he's done in the past to try and fix the, the problem that that, that escalated to have you finished the um actual love sickness itself story no it's I've about almost five or six finished chapters it of this book i think i've
1: read like five chapters of it
2: it's it's really really good. I would I would recommend it to someone who is already a fan of Junji Ito. It's a pretty
1: um, intense like know, first it's story. It's totally though.
2: intense. Yeah, but I, I, as as a first time, definitely not.
1: But it does that um, like real Junji Ito thing of like the the problems just ramp up to such an extreme level, and it's just this growing, building sense of unease until it's so over the top and so like. <laughs> Unmanageable, this crazy problem. Yep. But it's like you've just slipped into like an alternate universe. Like it starts off almost normal, and by the end, there's like you know, two hundred ghost girls chasing <laughs> a man down a foggy street. Like it's yep. just so crazy, but great, so
2: good, super spooky. Very similar to what he did with um, Uzumaki. Uzumaki. Yeah, it's just like such a like just it just escalates to such an extreme degree. Where you genuinely have no idea what's going to happen next. That's why I, why I love his book so much. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I really loved Love Sickness. Um, but after you finish the Love Sickness book, there is a um, about um, we got five more short stories by Junji nice. in this in this collection, and um, two of them are uh, like a, they're joined. They are called the Strange hikazuri siblings and like to go this like very grim and like sad um uh love sickness story to then go into this like wacky adams <laughs> family like his take on that kind of thing where um they they trick a boy into thinking that the girl he loves is dead and then like it, it's all this and then they, they, another one is all about they, they, they have a se- seance seance hey seance 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 yeah seance, seance. Hmm. Yep. seance. Okay. Say it. Um and uh then there's like three un- unlinked stories um which are amazing. My favourite of which was called The Rib Woman and it is about a teenage girl who gets um two of her ribs removed so she can um, ma- like have a an hourglass figure ah. like the girl that she admi like admires at her school that all the all the boys have a crush on. Um and we look Small spoilers but this culminates in there being a monster um made up of all of the removed ribs from the teenagers in this
1: town <laughs> i, I love shit like that it's so good so horrible yeah. why'd and you she, think of that
2: and she like grim she plays a harp made of people's ribs yeah and, like, it's just, great it's fucking great. great unbelievable the final story in this is uh a like I guess like an a, a autobiographical tale that uh, Junji Gido is told called Memories of Real Poop. Nice. And it's a story about him buying fake poo from a market and being embarrassed by it.
1: <laughs> We've all been there. And it's just... It's a universal yeah, experience.
2: It's <laughs> like he has that, you know, it, it's similar to like the Cat Diary stuff that he's done. Yeah, Cat, but, um, yeah. it's just he's such a fantastic storyteller whether he's telling something truly horrifying or something completely silly and oftentimes both at the same time um i love i love entering the junji Ito zone absolutely i realized I, I didn't i didn't finish um the collection of books that he put out last year collection of stories that came out last year called like oh it's like a it's a long name i'll never remember it but um uh oh, I, I now know i need um, to i have i have that to read okay it's like Eye of the something, or something. oh the Venus something in the blind spot. Venus in the blind spot. That's it's the very one. good. Um, yeah, I need I need to finish that. And then he actually has another book coming out this year. Like because that's so thing. Like, this collection. Well, Love Sickness was originally published in Japan in 2011. Right. Um, so they just take a while to get out here, I guess. But yeah, um, we have a book called Sensor being published by Viz later this year in uh, in August. Um, and uh, it looks like yeah, it's like a it's a it's a one one story not a collection of short stories. Cool. Um, so very excited to read that since they're coming out later this year. Um, definitely recommend picking up all of the Junji Ito books. There hasn't been one that I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I eagerly await as many more of them as I could possibly read.
1: Absolutely. Seconded.
2: it. tell me about some local comics.
1: Sure. Thing. No worries, man. Um, so the first one <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about is published by our good buddies, At Blueprint Comics, Chris Neal, who we had on the podcast ages ago. Um, Friend
2: of the show. Friend of the
1: show. Um, And this is a book called 2020, which is created by Annie Huang, who is a really great uh, Sydney-based multimedia artist and comic book creator. And this is basically about 2020, baby, the worst year of all time. And it's kind of about... Oh, right. It's an autobiographical uh, sort of look at her experience during that time in the middle of the bushfires, when we were all sort of starting to get an understanding of what COVID was going to be and how that reflected her experience of being forced to move back to Australia without her mother when SARS hit, when she was a kid. So it's very like dealing with, um, trauma that you haven't maybe thought about in a decade or so, um, kind of coming to terms with those feelings and figuring out how to continue, on when something is happening that is so uh sort of traumatic for you um and i think like it's it's sort of annie's done comics for like a steady diet and meet me in the pit before but this is her first kind of solo long form graphic novel and i think it's a really impressive debut like i love annie's style but she's also really come a long way as a storyteller um, in this volume, and I think it's a really, like, excellent first first graphic novel, um, and a great... Yeah, how
2: cool that he's now publishing, like, your yeah, long-form stories. Yeah. That's great.
1: Um, and, like, all of the Blueprint Comics stuff is really beautifully printed and presented, and I think this is, like, another great one, and I think they've done a really good job. Um, so you can definitely still get it at the Blueprint Comics web store. Um, and I'm hopefully mm-hmm. going to have it in stock at King's as well soon. But it's really good, and I recommend it a lot. Fantastic. And then the other um. local comic that I wanted to talk about, I went to the launch of it, Read to Me, which is like a local comics event that happens every so often for sort of local creators to share their work. Um, and that is it's a graphic novel called Still Alive by Safdar Ahmed. Um, mm-hmm. Who spent about six years going back and forth um, to Villawood Detention Centre, which for like non-Australians is a is a detention centre for refugees, um, where
2: yeah, and it's uh, just constantly we get worse and worse news.
1: Yeah, it's a very grim place. Um, but Safdar went there for, like I said, about six years, and he ran um, art workshops for the people there and this is kind of his experiences um, and his sort of uh, take on everything Um, and it's really, like is an amazing artist, really great illustrator, Mm -hmm. like he draws the coolest, best skulls of all time but also um, gives a lot of character to every face um, and real depth and real understanding and real sort of deafness and lightness of touch. Um, It's a very, very moving, hard-to-read book, especially for, like, Australians, because we are all complicit in this terrible thing that continues to happen. Um, But it's an incredibly important story, and I really think that um, people should pick it up and have a look. Um, It's published by 12 Panels Press, which is, I think, run by Bernard Kaleo, a sort of Australian cartoonist. Um, I think this is, like, maybe their first book that they've put out but again it's a really nicely printed book really beautifully presented um and a really important story so i do really recommend it yeah
0: that's great it was very moving at the
1: launch like um someone who is sort of featured in the book who was in the detention center came and read a chapter about his life and it was a very very um a very moving experience
2: and yeah, i recommend that's, it. That's called still alive i hope I hopefully you can be able to get it outside of australia I assume you will be able to.
1: I reckon it's in enough bookshops now that I I hope you can get it internationally.
2: Sick. Awesome. So those are two very good recent Australian comics. Yep. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, two old friends who I love uh, catching up with for a while. um, We were getting one of their comics every single month. Um, but now they are only releasing graphic novels, I think. And, of course, I'm talking about Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, um, them of criminal fame, um, and many other excellent... Fatal! Uh, uh, ...beloved the fade out. serious issues, issues favourites. Kill, Kill Be or Killed! Be Killed.
1: <laughs> what was the Hollywood one? That was really the good. The Fade too. Out?
2: I really The Fade Out, that, that was excellent. Um, but, yeah, they started putting out um, graphic novels, um, and last year they released um, what was... Uh, kind of put forward as a cowboy story a western and um they were hyping it up it's okay i'm finally writing a cowboy story (laughs) said ed brubaker and then shortly after was like okay i wrote my version of a cowboy story (laughs) so it's a crime
1: story set in like la in like the show business almost
2: yeah in the 20s or 30s i think it is um no yes the 30s um just as uh nazism is starting to rise Um, So it's set in New York City, February 1939. But our um, main character is an old man who, when he was young, was a cowboy. Um, So there are parts of genuine uh, Western drama in Pulp uh, when he remembers uh, his old life. But the bulk of this story is him as an old man coming to terms with uh, his failing body. He has multiple heart attacks throughout this book. Um, and an old figure, who should be his enemy, returns to his life and basically uh, gets him involved for, for what could be his last last ca- ca- crime caper. Go back to your old ways and secure that bag because uh, all he's thinking about is providing for his, um, his lover and... Um, uh, because he's realised that, like you know, living de- living week to week, because he's actually working as a as a comic book writer, he writes western um, comics, yeah, pulp um, stories, for, and stuff. Yeah, and but there's he gets fuck all money for it, and and it looks like it's going to be increasingly less and less as younger people. Um, basically, his characters have been stolen by the shitheads at um, the 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 DC equivalent <laughs> <laughs> in this uh, in this story, um, and. This ties into um, a lot of what Ed Brubaker has been talking about recently. I don't know if you heard or or read. He was on uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man on Batman. Um, I listened to my first episode of that in about three years because Ed Brubaker was on it. Um, When Falcon and the Winter Soldier started airing, um, they had Ed Brubaker on because Ed Brubaker was the one who wrote, um, basically created the character of the Winter Soldier. He brought Bucky Barnes back. And um, him and uh, Steve... Epting? Yes. Yeah, Steve Epting. Um, They were on Captain America at the time. And so, yeah, they created the Winter Soldier. And they were like, oh, so what do you think of the show? And he said, look, I love how popular Bucky is. I think it's amazing. I love the fans. I love Sebastian Stan. Um, And everyone's been pretty good to me, but I'm not watching it because it just makes me feel so gross because um, we've gotten next to nothing uh, for creating the character that's now making millions upon millions of dollars in uh in media and merchandise yeah and he said he
1: got more he got he, paid more for the cameo at the beginning of captain america 2 that he's in that he's ever made yes from marvel outrageous he doesn't even
2: have it doesn't even say a line um, because his russian accent was that bad i mean but he gets more from you know the screen actors guild um for for a cameo in a movie than he did for creating the character in the movie it's the worst um it's it's so bad, and I, I I think it's really important to share those stories um, so people are aware of it because we all are, you know everyone everyone except Siobhan loves those movies, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know it it, it just it, it, it's so it makes you feel so gross that like you know and Ed Brubaker he's a he's a, he's considerably younger than the, than most of the guys who created these iconic Marvel characters he's you know the rare instance of the, I think. I think he mentions there, like Bucky was like the most popular character since Deadpool, yeah, uh, when he was created. Like, sorry, Winter Soldier, um, and uh, yeah, he, he's basically like he had a near-death experience a couple years ago. Uh, he almost drowned, and um, he was realizing that, like, shit, he's gonna leave his wife with nothing. So this pulp is kind of him exploring similar themes, and mm. I think this was this was written in yeah he about like you know the realization that comics is is no good and uh, and and you you're not gonna even though you created these characters and spent so much work working on them um, it means nothing for the people that your loved ones when you die there's you know they can't live off your credibility yeah as a writer you need to provide and so yeah that, that those themes are explored in this it's a great book
1: it's so good um, and like Sean Phillips is he can draw the heck out of a horse
2: yes absolutely Um uh his son Jacob Phillips is on the colors in this and um he, he, he it's great the the way when he does um the flashback scenes it's very the ca- ca- colors are very simplified mm. and i was like oh this is an interesting direction for the book because it opens with a with a cowboy scene and then when we get to like the the well present day the 30s the, of, of the protagonist um uh it, it, it switches back to the kind of very familiar like criminal uh, color color palette it works so well yeah what a great book. Yeah, It's a relatively short. um, It ties into like, yeah, like Nazism in the thirties in a really, really creative way. Um, And I thought the ending was, was spectacular. I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's a Brubaker and Phillips book. It's going to end in absolute tragedy, but uh, this was a very fulfilling uh, read. I loved it. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm really, I
1: really enjoy their, like how their sort of collaborative relationship has developed and, um, what they're doing now is so great. Like uh, for me, I, as much as I love like the single issue format, and I really enjoy the sort of extra thought and the work that Brubaker puts into all the single issues of like um, Criminal and stuff like that. I love like Reckless, which is the series that they're putting out now. Um, which they sort of decided when COVID sort of hit, and they were like, "Well, monthly comic seems like it's maybe not going to happen. We're going to do three graphic mm-hmm. novels set in the same universe instead." So it's all about, like, it's sort of like a pure pulp kind of book about, um, like, a sort of private detective kind of character who lives in an abandoned cinema and just loves watching old Hollywood stuff. Like, it's so everything that I love. Um, And the first two volumes of that have come out, and they've both been, like, totally exceptional. I would, like, I don't want to... So
2: that's a reckless and friend of the devil. Yeah. A reckless book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I need to get these asap. I, I, I want to so I can pick up the third one and read it along with everyone else. Like, yeah, I was here from the start.
1: But it's so like, it, I don't think that the Reckless books are necessarily doing anything new or different for them. But it's just like perfect. I love the format. Yeah.
2: No, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it looks. It actually looks less like a criminal book and more like um, uh, Velvet, the Ed Brubaker book that he did with Steve Efting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a bit. It's a bit
2: like very, very maybe pulpy. sexier
1: and less like grimy then like it's still got its grimy moments but i think that the criminal books are really like um gritty tragic gritty and, and tragic and there's, there's definitely yeah, yeah. grit and tragedy and reckless as well but still a bit fun or something
2: yeah fantastic awesome well i look forward to uh, to picking those up i'm glad that you enjoy them
1: and i hope that he gets paid more from his books that he puts out with image for crying out loud
2: I think yeah, the, the the setup they have with that is like like Image is just the, the publisher, I guess. Like I think it's like split three ways between. I hope so. Phillips, Rebecca, and uh, and, and Image. Mm.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads
2: and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right?
0: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: Speaking of image, shall I talk about an image book that I really like at the moment?
2: Yeah, so yeah, this is a bona fide single issue. Whoa. How many issues of this have come out so three. far? Three.
1: So it's like properly new. You can probably still find all three issues of this at your local comic book store if you're so inclined. And it's by. Awesome. Gilliam, or Guillam? I kind of always assume it's Guillaume, but I'm not 100% sure. I should probably look these things up. Um, March, Guillaume March, who we know from, like, Gotham City Sirens. I would say that's what he's probably most notable for. And he's done a lot of variant yep. covers for DC over the years. I have never been that much of a fan of his work. But the first issue had a Milo Minara variant. And I was like, what's this? <laughs> and so I picked it up and I flicked through it. And I was so totally blown away by the art um so this is called Carmen with a k K k-a-r-m-e-n and it is about a character who and like this is very I would say this is very European in a bunch of ways so like a couple of kind of content warnings this deals with a lot of um suicide and Uh maybe I'm interested to see where it goes with it because there are some things that you're like, well, maybe that wasn't too sensitively handled. Um, And there's a couple of elements which maybe mean that this book isn't for everyone, but I do recommend at least giving it a go because I think it's really interesting and really beautiful. Um, Basically, it's about a character who in the first issue, she finds out or thinks that her boyfriend is cheating on her with her best friend. So she uh, slits her wrists in the bath and then wakes up and there's this weird girl with pink hair in, like, a skeleton suit that appears to just be her body, hanging out with her. And it's sort of like, now she is some kind of ghost figure on Earth, trying to figure it out. But because she killed herself in the bath, she's nude all the time! She's naked all the time, which feels to me like the most European thing of all time. Super naked. But it's not... Like, it's not like a Manara comic. It's not constantly sexualized. It's not constantly, like, um, super gross feeling or seeming. And he's like, his anatomy is really beautiful. Like, they're really beautifully well done. Um, and there's this sequence in the second issue, which is like the, the, the first half of the second issue is almost completely silent. And it's just this extended sequence of her flying through Paris. So it's just like this totally nude girl flying across Paris, and it's like unbelievably dreamlike and beautiful and really like transported me. Um, so it's kind of dealing with like relationships and sex and death and um, responsibility and all this, all these kinds of good, good things, but really beautifully, really beautifully drawn with a really lovely kind of dreamy color palette. And I love it.
2: Yeah, it looks fantastic. That's great. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I recommend it. A a couple of people who I was like, I'm not sure about this. And I've recommended it to just about everyone. And everyone that I've recommended it to has really enjoyed it. So I recommend checking it out if they've got it at your local.
2: Fantastic. Um, Well, I am going to talk uh, again about uh, Mermaid Saga by Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, It is a wonderful companion piece to Junji Ito Books because it is uh, like a... Horror romance um, based off like Japanese folk tales. Um, basically, in this world, in the world of mermaid saga, if you eat the flesh of a mermaid, one of two things happen. Um, one, and this is very rare, your body adapts to the, the flesh of the mermaid, and then you are a mortal. Um, and if it, if your body rejects it, you turn into a uh, hideous uh, monster who is basically like like sent out to sea to die. You're like, you're, you're like a mindless one, essentially. Hectic. Um, and Big uh, risk. This, yeah. So this is a book where we, we have two, two people who have eaten mermaid flesh and, um, and found each other and uh, basically their tales of like survival and, um, and like, it's like, it's uh, adventure. It's uh, reminds me a lot of you, yeah, a saga, your Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. And that like you have, you set up the premise of the characters in the first book. And then, like, every chapter after that is just, like, you know, set in in a different... Like, at one point, the guy is, like, 500 years old, but sometimes it'll go back into his past when he's only 200 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, we meet all these people whose lives have been affected by the presence of mermaid flesh. Um, It is so gorgeous um, and so, like, mournful in parts and beautiful in others. And just, like, just so... it, It gets so dark and grim where, like... An immortal child will be like the most evil character you've met in the book so far, and it's just capable of doing such despicable things. Mm. But Rumiko Takahashi just has such a beautiful way with her pen, and the artwork is so so amazing. Fuck, man, you would love yeah, this shit. I really, out of this book. I really
1: have to read. It. I've never read any um, of their books, and yeah. I feel like it's a big, big gap in my sort of knowledge. But I'll get there. Yes, yeah,
2: so I've. Viz have pub- published um, uh, great big volumes of... Uh, there's two. Um, it's like two two volumes and done. Um, and they're pretty well-priced, like 25 US. You can probably find them for 30 ish mm-hmm. in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, volume 1 and Volume 2, and that's the end of, uh, of Mermaid Saga. Oh, it's sick! It so well.
1: Well, then that's yeah. great. That makes it much more yes. likely that I'm going to read it. Much more achievable. I'm going to get it in my library. A lot of
2: Takahashi's programs go for much longer than... Uh, a lot of her series go for much longer than this, yeah. but this is uh, just maintains the same, everything that works about the book works about it all the way through. And second volume has so many crazy stories in it. And at, at the heart, it's about like this blossoming kind of will they, won't they romance, of the two main characters who mm. are kind of just like friends, but also kind of destined to be in love because there's no one else mm. like them in yeah. the world. when they meet that's like them is fucking evil. Um and they, and they both come close to death so many times, like actual death, like their heads getting chopped nice, off. And, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. There's one short story in this where like, um, uh, a man's daughter dies, and a um, a witch doctor, um, basically like recreates his daughter using a spell on on her bones, but um she use and uses like the liver of a mermaid, mm. so so she comes back to life, but um she's always she's like a cannibal and eats eats or, or like will hunt down animals and eat their livers or tries to eat people's livers That like this sweet little girl who eats livers <laughs> it's just yeah it's great there's that, there's that level of grossness there's that it's like the heartbreak when you realise what's happened really well told stories uh, this is like yeah one of the best um, best collections that, I, that I've read in the last couple of years this is awesome
1: cool I'm definitely going to check that out
2: yeah you would absolutely adore it. I can lend it to you if you yeah. want. In fact, I might even have two, two copies of Volume 1, ah. so I'll give, I can give that to yes, you. Yes, please. Thank you. If we, ever, if we ever see each other <laughs> again.
1: <laughs> One day. Um, so speaking of great manga reprints, um, there have been a couple of new Tezuka reprints. Classic stories that I have wanted for many, many years but have never been able to find. And I'm pretty sure they've been available digitally for a while, but now they're in print. Please let Hooray. us
2: know. Let us know who Osamu Tezuka is uh, oh. for those who have forgotten.
1: He is the godfather of manga, baby. He is uh, the creator of Astro Boy, Kimba the White Lion, Black Jack, loads and loads of really hectic adult manga.
2: Jungle Emperor. Jungle
1: Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, two books have been uh, like kickstarted. I think that pretty much Viz. No, not Viz. Vertical were publishing a lot of his stuff in, like, really beautiful editions. Um, but they seem to have paused, and now Platinum manga seem to be kick-starting a lot of um, new new printings of uh, classic Tezuka works. Um, and so one that came out recently, which I was so excited to see, because I had read about this and have wanted to read it and see it for so, so long, is his adaptation of uh, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, <laughs> which huh. is so bizarre it's like so weird it's clearly in the introduction they talk about how this was a project that kind of no one else really wanted it was just something that he thought would be really cool and just really wanted to do and so just did it um Mm -hmm. it's not as like the art is very uh, like for a tezuka book quite simple like he doesn't sort of go in as hard on the backgrounds as he does in some of his other adult books Um, and it's quite weird, all these quite cute, almost chibi little figures dealing with, like, axe murder. And, like, all the sort of deep angst and, like, stuff that comes about in, um, Crime and Punishment. Um, so it's, I I don't know if it's, like, an entirely successful adaptation of the original text. But it is a lot of fun, and it is very weird, and it is like quite a uh, unique thing um, on its own. So I do recommend checking it out, especially if you've read Crime and, Crime and Punishment. It's very interesting to sort of make the, make the comparison. If you haven't, it's going to give you a really hilarious idea of what that book is. Um, but I definitely recommend checking it out. And then they all... Where
2: can we get these?
1: You should be able to get these. I mean, you can get these at King's Comics, or you could get them... I think most, like, bookstores, probably Kina Kunia would have it. Um, You might need to sort of special order it or something, but I think it is kind of readily available at comic book stores. Um, And it looks like they're planning to do a whole lot of other um, books, like Ludwig, which I have never read. Whoa, which seems to be about Ludwig, whatever, fun, whatever. <laughs> yep. You know who I mean. Um, and something else called Brave Dan, which looks like it might be about a tiger. Great. I'll read them all. A brave tiger. They're all excellent. Named Dan. The other book which um, they published is called Storm Fairy, which is sort of uh, more like his kind of shoujo work. So it's kind of mm-hmm. uh, fairy tale, romancy short stories. The first story is about a fairy who it's about a princess who has her face swapped with a fairy when she's first born because her mum makes a deal with a witch, obviously, which means that the princess is gets the fairy's face and is so ugly, which is obviously the worst thing that a woman could possibly be. Um, But the fairy is like really cute and beautiful. And it's just about like, um, it's just kind of a a fun, romancey princess story um and then there's a couple of other stories in here like a, a dog detective one and another one which i haven't got to but i've been reading these with my son and they're great super fun fantastic super fantastic. like um you liked tezuka's like princess knight you'll get a lot out of this very enjoyable
2: uh, i just saw on a website called japan trend shop you can buy um, a series of manga um, volumes mm-hmm. that fit in the palm of your hand. So it's called Mini Manga Tezuka Collection.
0: I have very and small by... hands. What's
2: that? Sorry? I have very small hands. Yeah, no, these, these are tiny. These are tiny. Ooh. But they are they they, they are, There's 200 mini comic books for $1,200. <laughs> <laughs> Siobhan, is this what I'm doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Is this your new thing well I somehow Why? justify this I would love I would love for you to just make a video of you justifying this to your wife and children no but you see yeah yeah
2: as soon as I hit stop on this one I'll hit record on that one <laughs> <laughs> they are really cool
1: yeah that's so weird
2: I have often thought that books are too big
1: oh man give me a digest sized Comic, and I am like, this is this is my this is absolutely like digest size,
2: except they're also like the size of a matchbox. (laughs) Siobhan, I really want these. (laughs) There's 200 of them. I can't
1: allow it. I can't allow it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Man, speaking of comics, Um, well, that
1: I was gonna say, you know, what's really good at the moment, um, in terms of comics that fit in your hand is, uh, on Instagram, Simon Hanselman, who does the Megan Mogg comics is just like yep. putting up panel, uh, panel by panel little strips from some of his older books and they are great and so yeah. horrible <laughs> and so yeah, it's weird. Great. It's
2: like, well, cause he, he started doing it during COVID, we, we covered it, but he, he wrote like a, a strip, basically he would put up uh, a comic every day where you, and you swipe through the 10 panels yeah. and that, that's your, that's your, your chapter. they still going and, um, and uh, fun yes yeah, so and now he's doing that but with his some of his older works yeah. which are collected but yeah it's, it's a really cool way to do it very awesome yeah
1: and michael deforge um, does not a as awesome thing.
2: as 200 volumes of mini <laughs> <laughs> it's only 1300 on ebay i mean uh,
1: yeah that's a bargain man you should absolutely get them so,
2: yeah i mean just wait for the video okay you'll you'll be convinced you and everyone in my life will be convinced
1: <laughs> i can't wait
2: um yeah, so uh, uh, that is it for the episode, yeah, everybody. Done. um done. I hope you enjoyed catching up with us because I enjoyed catching up with Shinbo. I, and that's sure, for sure. I sure
1: enjoyed catching up with you too, man.
2: Um, if you want to find us online, you can. Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast is our group. But i uh, got to be honest, I fucking hate Facebook. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm, I know you would be scared of it, so maybe this is not going to appeal to you at all, but... All my other podcasts have very active Discord communities.
1: Oh, okay. If you
2: listen to this podcast and you would be interested in me spending a little a little time and, and, and ba- ba- making a proper Discord community for comic book readers like ourselves, um, let me know. Can someone explain email, to me serious issues. what a
1: Discord oh. is? <laughs> so it's like
2: it, it's like a chat group basically oh, okay. a forum oh, okay. you, and you can make we could we could make like, you know, Marvel comics, DC comics, uh, Image comics. Okay. Manga, where the cool kids hang out. Uh, and uh mini manga where the very cool kids come out <laughs> the out. very
1: cool very tiny yeah. kids yeah great
2: if you if you if you if you are interested in that um let me know because i'll i'll start it cuz i hate our facebook group right now i just hate facebook cuz the only the only dude who posts in there doesn't even fucking <laughs> listen to the podcast and i feel like he has nothing else going on so i don't want to just boot him yeah. cuz it annoys me and so yeah yeah There's a pick behind the curtain everyone <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway thanks for listening to this episode yeah, thanks, you can guys. find us uh, on uh, instagram and twitter and everywhere else uh, siobhan is at siobhan cbg and i'm at lev dog if you have any questions about the show dm us there um yeah me especially that's totally fine any technical stuff discord stuff let me have it can't wait to hear from you yeah thanks so much for listening and we will see you very soon maybe bye